What's up, everybody? I'm Cindy Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. Oops, I did it out of order. And welcome to another episode of Shut Up. <laughs> Keep going. The podcast where we explore our, our internet, internet curiosities. curiosities. This. Okay. Internet curiosities. Okay. Uh, today, Kate is going to be taking us through something actually i can't act surprised i know what it is but she's gonna take us through it um, that's the only thing streaming has against us is mm-hmm. that the correct english um is that there's no longer a fun surprise on air there isn't not on air except i did when you told me what the today's topic was i did go <gasps> oh yeah i was gonna say now you just have to reenact your original <gasps> reply no way yay amazing so today we're going to be talking about the history of skydiving. <laughs> Ooh. Um, because, so, I was hanging out with a Gen Zer. Okay. <laughs> so I guess is I'm going to start this out. Um, who? Is that Matt? Caleb's cousin. Caleb's cousin. Who just turned course. 18. And so for his oh, 18th birthday, like a true Gen Z. He's like deep. He's a deep Gen yeah. Zer. And he thinks I'm crazy. So, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm saying, I guess I'm still, like, I guess every generation says this, but I'm still, like, reeling at the fact that there's, like, another generation and that I am not part of it. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> totally. It's weird to realize that, like, I'm no longer the target age group. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Um, we're just old hags at this point. So, yeah. Wait, why did he think, why does he think you're crazy? Well, that actually is probably not related to me being a millennial, and that just might be because of who I am. So <laughs> who's to say? But um, I guess he probably just thinks I'm crazy because I'm never around teenagers like anymore. And so I'm just like fascinated with everything he says, and I'm constantly asking him questions. Do you know what sure. I mean? Oh, totally. No, I think it's fascinating. But I also am never around teenagers, so I'm never... Yeah. Well... Anyways, he turned 18. He came over to our house. He, like, really wanted to hang out with us, and we were like, okay. And so he came over to our house, and the reason he wanted to hang out with us so bad is that he was going skydiving, and he was like, I'll never know if I'll see you guys again. So (laughs) I want to just hang out. (laughs) Do people take skydiving that seriously? I thought it's, like, pretty safe. I think he was probably being, like, really dramatic for the sake of it, but that made me think about... Oh my god, do people die skydiving a lot? Answer yeah. is not really. No. But then that got me wondering like how did this even start? Like how did like what is this human impulse to fall from the sky? It's true. Fun fact is last year we were in Mexico for um for New Year's with Alex's dad. Mm-hmm. And Alex was trying to surprise us with a new year's skydive where we were all gonna go skydiving i was wondering have you been i feel like you've been no i actually would love to go i think the older that i'm getting the less that i'm like oh i need to do this it just seems yeah. like a thing that if it was present like when alex said that i was like oh yeah let's do it like i'm so in like it just seems like if it presents itself i'll do it but i was actually supposed to go with miles once I turned 18 because mm-hmm. that was I feel like that was a big thing at our school was it was like when you turned 18 you would go skydiving and um his birthday is in November and mine's in 
March. Actually, maybe it was more for his 19th birthday because I was already 18. I would have been able to go. Yeah. But when we were supposed to go that week, somebody died at the place that we were going to. (gasps) And so we canceled. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. So after that, we were both we were all kind of like. So did you not, you didn't go, when Alex surprised you, we were like, ha ha, like, no. Well, so we didn't end up going because he couldn't actually get, like, a reservation. Apparently, they were hotly in demand. Okay. And Um, so he was just like, okay. But to be honest, I feel like, and I hope this doesn't come off as racist, it's more just, like, the infrastructure. So I've gone, um, what's it called, zip lining in Mexico before. And I went with my dad, well, my dad and a few other people, but my dad is, he works in machinery. He like understands manufacturing and understands like um, stability and stuff. And so while we were zip lining through this canyon, he was going through and checking out kind of the structural integrity of everything. And at the end he was like, none of that shit was like to regulation. Like that's sketchy as fuck. And so I think like that experience kind of informed I was a little, I think I was a little relieved that, uh, yeah, that they didn't have a skydiving appointments available only because I think from that experience, I was like, oh man, we like narrowly missed death. Like, and I don't know that something like skydiving I would want. I think that I'm a little bit prissy enough that it's like, oh, why don't we do it somewhere that I know that the regulations are like, no, I think that's rock real. solid. I think that's so legit. Yeah. That was I'm my first thought. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know if I would do that. Um, yeah, well, I've never been skydiving. Do just... you want to go? Well, so I told Dashiell, who's Caleb's cousin, I said, mm-hmm. if you feel like you have a moment where you see God as you're falling from the sky, let me know and I'll go skydiving. And so he texted me right after and was like, I saw God. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to go now. Wait, really? He said it was amazing. Um which is me just being dramatic and saying, like, was it life-changing? He's, he really enjoyed it. And I feel like I probably would throw up, but I would I would make myself do it. <laughs> okay, at least once. It seemed, Personally, it feels like something I would absolutely love. I think I would love it. I think the hardest part for me would be getting out of the plane. Oh, totally. But I guess Actually, you're strapped to someone and they kind of just make you They kind of just make you go. So you can't be like, no. So I have done paragliding, which is a little different. Um, you posted a, like a really funny picture of you doing that, right? Because that's what I think yeah. I'm remembering. And I thought you were skydiving, but no. No. So we were paragliding, at least I think parasailing. I get the two confused. Mm-hmm. I think we were paragliding. It was a tandem paragliding. Sorry, I'm looking up what paragliding looks like. Yeah, we did pa- tandem paragliding when I was in Austria um, for Red Bull. It was part of the company retreat. Oh, my God. Uh, was They had us go paragliding in a snowstorm. Oh, my God. So it was, I mean, obviously, they didn't plan it to be during a snowstorm, but it was just like, okay, well, we're doing it. And um, it was the coldest I've ever been. It was that was honestly the more horrible part was it was just so cold. Yeah. Um, and I feel like with paragliding, you're definitely not as high, but you are like jumping off a mountain. Like you literally jump off a cliff. Oh my god. And do the thing. And that was the hardest part was was running with the guy. But you're tandem, so it's like he's just like, Well, if you're not gonna run, I'm gonna run. And then he's just like running off a cliff and just jumps. And you're like, Wait, okay. 
I have so many questions. So you're yeah. like strapped like this and you're both running? Well, you're I don't remember his situation because I was like sitting in front of him, but I picture it. You know those little th- contraptions for like newborns where like they wear it yeah. in the front of their chest and like their feet are just dangling? I feel like it was like that. Like I was kind of sitting in this like thing and he could kind of like tilt, I guess, and my feet didn't touch. At least that's how I remember it. But do you had to run as well? At some point I did. Okay. That's <laughs> so funny. It was really okay, funny. That to it's... me is like almost akin to skydiving, like jumping You're off a cliff. As... Yeah, I think that to me was very scary, was jumping off the cliff. <laughs> but having somebody with you made it a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sure. Because well, um, that seems like a biological thing. Your body, you know how like sometimes... It's just like, please don't do your that. Your body's like, no. Like it just stops. Yeah. The thing that... So I was actually for a BuzzFeed video supposed to go, um, not cliff diving, but bungee jumping. Oh my God. That to me, I have no interest in. Yeah. Skydiving feels thrilling and something about bungee jumping feels more dangerous. Yeah, because you're like on this like cord. I don't know. It's the cord thing. And then I think also just that it's like mentally like you're jumping off of this thing. I mean, I guess you're jumping out of a plane. But in my brain sees it differently. I don't know. No, I get that. I get that. I don't know. Well, because you don't have someone with you bungee jumping. That's what I mean. That's the only reason why I think I could do skydiving is that I read online like if you don't want to go and you're already strapped in and like the thing's going, like you're fucking going. So it's happening. Cause I remember have you seen in... the skydiving videos. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm going to tell a different story, but oh. <laughs> I would say, I've, have you seen the skydiving videos of people that go skydiving and they're tandem and then they pass out? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that, I mean, that might be me because I actually do think I'm like extremely scared of heights um because when I was in high school I was in leadership like the first year and I like missed each other we I went on this weird ass like leadership retreat where we went up to the mountains and they made us jump off of trees (laughs) was it one of those like obstacle courses that are like in the trees yeah no yeah but like I rem- the one I remember doing and I had like a full-blown panic attack in front of everyone in the leadership team because I had to climb up this huge tree and stand it was like sawed off on the top so it's just a platform okay. and I had to stand on the top of it and then say something like I hoped for and then I had to jump off the tree it was basically like bungee jumping but off a tree and were I was you connected like, to anything yeah you you were connected to like a harness and then it like caught okay. you but I just, like, remember I got up there and I was like, oh, like, I'm not scared of heights. Like, I love, you know, heights. And I got up there I and my heights. body was like, no, like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And I had, like, a freaking, like, episode where my body, like, I remember I was up there for, like, 15 minutes and the people <gasps> were like, okay, you have to get down. Like, you have to jump or else, like... I guess I could have climbed down. I did it and I was really upset. And then I feel like that's why I quit leadership and we were never on it at the same time (laughs) because I couldn't make believe they made me do that. 
I wonder if you're the reason we never went on a retreat. I don't remember us ever having a leadership Does that not retreat. feel like highly like a legal nightmare for the high school? Yeah. It does. Remember permission slips? Did you have to sign a permission slip? You were under 18. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I did, but I was not a Because I feel like the permission okay. slip is, is a very the... tall tree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the permission slip is kind of the... Um... Oh, wait, somebody in chat said you're a woods. That's yeah, why that's why I responded that. to that. <laughs> um, I feel like permission slips were like the golden ticket because then they can't, your parents can't sue if uh, It's like, let me torture your happens. child. <gasps> it's like those haunted houses that yeah, we talked seriously. about last week. Oh my God, is Ernie going to come over to me? Ernie, come here. come here. Did you see? Simba's in the corner for me. He's I know, I here. saw that and I wait, totally... Where is he? Oh, he just walked out the door. Okay. Wait, can I show you a piece? Sorry, we're getting a little off topic, but I told you, did I tell you what my Halloween costume is? Um, yes. Well, I didn't tell my stream, so I'm going to make you guys wait because I'll try it on for you sometime this week. But my empty box came. Yes! <laughs> it's funny, too, because I don't know if it'll get picked up on camera, but it literally says Christmas on it. Because I think they used it for storage previously. Oh my and god. Just like, oh, some idiot will pay for this. Like, they'll buy this. So, if you guys aren't watching the video feed, um, I bought an iBook, uh, the Mac, like the quote unquote MacBooks from the 90s and early 2000s. Um, I bought an empty box for uh, my Halloween costume. It has a 300 megahertz G3 processor. Um, 3.2 gigs of hard drive space, um, a 24 times speed CD-ROM drive, and uh, yeah, I was just really excited about it. So, oh, quick and easy internet access includes 30-day free internet access. Ooh. Sorry, I just heard Ernie throw up in my hallway. <laughs> oh no. Um, it's fine. I'm just gonna. Do so you take care of it? Okay whatever it's it's probably just a furball i just am hearing that in the background and i'm like okay so that's happening um he doesn't do that a lot do your cats get a lot of hairballs kind of yeah i think it's um it's chester who gets them oh and then every once in a while simba's kind of sprinkled in but i think it's chester i it makes me sad. It's part of why we have to, we have blankets over our white couch because he was puking on it so often that it was just like, yeah, none this of this is an issue. Did you yeah. wait? Sorry, before we jump super far into this, did you see Dune? I have not seen Dune, but I saw the French dispatch and oh my fucking God, it's so good. Ah, it's I'm so, so good. Did you see Where Dune? Where does it fall? I saw Dune, not French dispatch. Um, it's not playing at um I, we couldn't find a theater i mean granted we were looking it, we were like i saw it at the grove in an oh okay we were near playa vista because oh. we went to something we went to the rams game and we were trying to kill time and i'm so seeing we're like, oh. tomorrow okay let me know what you think okay um i have where to say french, french Dis dispatch i was not a timothy chalamet fan and then i he timothy. really brought it he's a good french actor dispatch. He is really good in French Dispatch, but I think it's because he's a little bit annoying in it. Like, he's just playing himself, but it's very self-aware in, like, a nice way where you're like, you know, I respect that. Yeah. 
He, uh-huh. I found out this week, I guess he had like this YouTube channel where he would like paint Xbox controllers. He went to high school with Caleb's sister. You said she, that, she, yeah. He, she said he was like really annoying and pretentious. So, not I mean, he does come off that way. Yeah. So, I guess it's good to see that some things never change. <laughs> um, wait, where would French Dispatch fall in Wes Anderson? I mean, I like, don't want to. What wanna, are your like top five ruin... Wes Anderson um, movies? Well, I think Grand Budapest is his best movie. I like will go to bat for that. Ooh, there's Ern. Do not jump on my computer. Um, I honestly thought French Dispatch might be his the best thing he's made. Wow. Yeah. I mean, people are going to fight me on that because apparently a lot of people didn't like it because it's very, like, oh. chaotic. And it's it's a, basically like an anthology. Like, it's all, yeah. like, sh- yeah. But I just felt like he, like, perfected the form. Like, what he's trying to do, he finally got all of the resources to do it. And so it was just, like, an absolute delight to watch. Ooh, I'm so excited to yeah, see it. Yeah, I, I, it was I was really exciting, and I stayed up until like 4 a.m. like just like geeking out about Wes Anderson that Ooh, night. So I was like, I'm so excited because yeah. I think I agree. I think that Grand Budapest is his best film. I think that um, Royal Tenenbaums is my favorite though, but I recognize it's like I think it's it's a little sloggy at some parts. Yeah. Um, but. I'm excited. Yeah, I highly recommend. I also love Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's probably my close second. But okay, okay, just kind of a deep cut. But is it? I don't know. Maybe not. I remember when I saw that movie in theaters. I had no idea who Wes Anderson was. Oh, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it after the fact, but I saw well, it in well. theaters. So okay. <laughs> oh. um, so skydiving. So skydiving. We're back to skydiving. Um. So the concept of falling from the sky, Sydney, dates as far back as 1100 in China. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Because the Chinese would do basically what you did, which is base jumping. Um, Jumping from cliffs or outcroppings floating in the ground with makeshift parachutes. Um, And I also Makeshift parachutes. Makeshift meaning like they just kind of made them. Do you know yeah, what I mean? There's what no the f- like <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people died trying to get it to be a sustainable practice, but I don't have the numbers on that. Um, wow. But I also read that the Chinese invited the um- invented the umbrella. Have you heard that? No, because they would I didn't use know umbrellas that. to propel down, but I didn't write it down, so I'm not going to claim that that's accurate, but it's wow, maybe Wow, I didn't true. know that. Um so then we jump to our boy Leonardo da Vinci, and mm-hmm. he conceived of the idea of a parachute in some of his writings. Um, and it wasn't until the Frenchman Louis Sebastien Lerdomont, let's Ooh. say, um, he fashioned a parachute out of two umbrellas and jumped from a tree. So, same. In uh, 1783. But the big guy who, like, did the first, like, were falling. Okay, actually, I'm just about to 
note the revisionist history here because they're saying that this French guy was the first to do Falling from the Sky. But did I not just say that Chinese did it in 1100? You definitely did. So this is a where I got my sources from. It's a little uh, Western-centric, let's say. But um, <laughs> let's just go back into it. Um, this guy named André Jacques Garnier uh, was the first to design and test parachutes capable of slowing a man's fall from a high altitude. So not like from a tree, but okay. like we're falling. Um, so he, this man, uh, André Jacques Garnier, was born in Paris. Um, he was captured by the British troops during the first phase of the French Revolution. Because, um, I mean, I, I'm not talking about the French Revolution, but a bunch of like monarchist countries fought the French during the revolution because they were really pissed that they killed their monarch. Anyways, side note. But he was a he was in the French Revolutionary Wars and he was turned over to the Austrians and held as a prisoner of war in Hungary for three years. And so that was when he first conceived of the possibility of using air resistance to slow an individual's fall from a high altitude. Um, he never did use it while he was a prisoner to escape, um, but he was like, I'm going to test this out if I get out of this goddamn prison, which he did. So in 1797, he completed his first parachute, which is a canopy 23 feet in diameter and attached to a basket with suspension lines. <laughs> so... Um, on October 22nd, oh my god, that was just a little second ago. Um, Four days ago. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Why did he want to make a parachute? Like, it just kind of seems like very random to me that you're just like, oh, I want to figure well, this out. Well, so it was at this time, too, that um, he, the, I didn't write this down, but um, it was when air hot air balloons were first on the market so there gotcha. was an I, there okay. was an interest in getting people into the air got it okay. um, and i believe i thought i wrote that down but i did not he was like a big he was an apprentice of like this famous hot air balloon guy i think the guy that like first rode in a hot air balloon um so he okay. yeah that's the answer got it so, okay, we're back to October 22nd, four days ago, but in 1797. And he attached the parachute, this is Garnier, to a hydrogen balloon, so hot air balloon, I believe that's what that is, um, and ascended to an altitude of 3,200 feet. He then clambered into the basket and severed the parachute from the higher balloon. Um, he failed to include an air vent at the top of the uh thing so he kind of <laughs> was thrown around a lot and he was like whipped <laughs> around but he did okay. get to land um, he didn't die he didn't die he was a little shaken up um and he landed about a half a mile from the balloon's takeoff site and then two years later his wife was the first female parachutist Wow. Um, was there several What if he like hated her part? and was like, you should try it? <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a conspiracy, like attempted murder plot um, gone wrong. That'd be crazy. Um, so then 
he, in 1802, he went to England. He was, like, uh, really famous for this. And I believe he was the French, like, aeronautic. He was, like, the first French aeronautics cabinet member or something like that. Um, So he traveled around to different countries, like, showing off how great France was at having people fall from the sky. Um, And so he went to England and in 1802 made a jump from 8,000 feet. Is that true? I wrote it down, but I don't believe that. How high is 8,000 feet? Like, what's like a a skyscraper? Like, how tall is a skyscraper? I'm looking this up because I don't believe my own research here. It's 1.5 miles above the ground. Wait, what is? That's 8,000 feet. The, the Wait, Empire State Building so is 2,500 feet. Or, sorry, sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so dyslexic. It's 1,200 feet. And so eight Empire State Building. Yeah. Excuse me, kind of. The Golden Gate Bridge... Oh, no. It's 8,000 feet long, not high, I imagine. There's no way it's that high. So, okay, he fell the length of the Golden Gate Bridge from the sky. Okay. Um, in England, and everyone freaked out and was like, oh, my God, crazy. <laughs> and then, sadly, 23 years later, oh, no. he died in an accident while testing a new parachute. As we'll learn, this happens a lot with these kind of innovators. Yeah, I feel like the trial and error of parachutes, like there's trial and error, I'm sure, in like a lot of different types of inventions, but parachutes, same it's the like, nature of it. Yeah. Um, Can't say it's surprising. So we're going to go to free fall. Okay. So now we, okay. we're, this is kind of like a amorphous topic. I'm kind of talking about parachuting. Okay jumping just anything related to jumping from the sky so the first person to ever have a free fall where you're just like falling from the sky obviously was a woman named tiny broadwick and she was an air show Her first name was tiny yeah because we're gonna talk about her because i was like we gotta discuss this um and she had experienced free fall during an air show um, in 1913 in Los Angeles. So North Carolina, you said you're first in flight. Well, how about first in free fall? <laughs> We're hardcore, baby. I don't know. Um, maybe we can spend that. So let's talk about Tiny Broadwick, shall we? She was the last of seven daughters, and her given name was Georgia. But she was called tiny due to her small size. She only oh, weighed creative. 85 pounds and was four feet, eight inches tall. 85 pounds? Is that healthy? Well, she's four feet, eight inches tall. That's really uh, short, right? Is that... She's four probably very eight? skinny. I'm sure she's a skinny legend as well. Okay. Okay. Tiny. Um. Yeah. But what's, I mean, here's, hold your shock and awe, because at age 12, she was married. (laughs) (laughs) And at 13, she had a daughter. Um, 
And was that normal at that time? I don't like want to say so. I feel like that's pretty young. But maybe she had a terrible. I didn't really see like what her childhood was like, but I'm sure it was not mm-hmm. very good. So it was probably like get married at 12, 12 is better than. How old was her husband? Can I ask? I don't have information on that. Um, but maybe it's he did best. abandon her. So. <laughs> um i mean okay i'm debating whether or not i should say this i'm just using myself as an example when i was 12 yeah my parents i was a brat but my parents didn't abandon me because they're my parents and they can't if you're in a marriage and you're 12 I mean, what's t- what's holding them to you? You know, you they just feel like you're just really annoying. Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah. You're like underdeveloped, literally. Yeah, <laughs> so it's you probably married a twelve year old. You're like hell yeah, and then yeah. you're like oh my god, it's actually I'm married to a child. So I don't even think I had my period at twelve. Like, I just I feel don't like think for I everyone had, involved, had a child. don't marry twelve year olds. You know what I mean? I feel like just that kind of goes unsaid, but yeah. Just to reiterate, um, well, so she was abandoned with her daughter, and she was working at a cotton mill. And at the okay. age of fifteen, she saw this guy named Charles Broadwick, who was a famous uh, parachutist. And he had, like, okay. this cool come on down to the show kind of thing um, where he would... So did parach- he have a show or he just talked like that? Both. <laughs> he had, like, a show where he would parachute from hot air balloons and everyone was very excited by it. Um, and so she went and saw it and was like, oh, my God, I love him. And so then she joined the traveling troupe. And she did bail on her daughter, but left her in the care of her parents. Oh, okay. But I'm I sure there's more to the story. Left her in a carriage or something. Like she like, no. left her somewhere. <laughs> I was like, that's not better, dude. Well, I mean, if you're if you had a daughter 12, 13 years prior, and then she has a kid, it, I'm sure it just feels like your kid. <laughs> yes. I'm so sure. she bailed on her daughter. She was like, I have to go jump out of some hot air balloons. I'm my name is Tiny. Um, so she did. She became Bro- Charles Broadwick's, quote, adopted daughter. And this says t- to ease travel arrangements, which I don't totally know what that means, but it sounds kind of suspect to me. Because Maybe then she was- right after this, it says, though she has been often referenced as his wife, with her own family later unclear on the relationship. So, I mean... so. I like how it's like she is both his daughter. Like the confusion lies in whether or not she's his daughter, his adopted daughter. It's like the white stripes. No, I guess that was sister brother, which for some reason reads better to me than daughter. Uh, I don't know. It's all weird. It's all weird. Okay. Um, Anyways. Okay. So she was like in this troop and she began to jump from balloons as well she got trained to be a parachutist and then as airplanes got more accessible she started jumping sure. from airplanes and so she was billed as the, for the show sorry. for the shows for yeah the, okay so she was billed as the quote doll girl 
And Tiny began performing aerial skydives and stunts while wearing a life preserver or a parachute, which was designed by her adopted father slash husband. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. That's so, I'm laughing because I'm like so upset and uncomfortable that that's like something that has to be said. Um, Oh my God. So she was the first woman to parachute from an airplane um in 1913 which is when she experienced free fall so not only that but in 1914 she was a demonstrator to the u.s army um because that they had just gotten their first fleet of shady airplanes this is what you know way back in the day and so the army was really nervous about the parachute um and tiny was like i'll show you so she jumped out of the plane and was like look i'm we i'm like going down from the sky um um and so she had to do it a bunch of times because they like it doesn't say why i'm completely editorializing here but i'm sure they're like i don't know about that can you do it again and so she on her fourth try her uh the I wrote down what happened, but I don't really understand. What I want to say is that her shoot got tangled in a bunch of the apparatuses and it was like attached to the airplane or something. And so while she was in free fall, she ripped the parachute to happen. So she was the first person to use the rip cord. Do you know what I mean? Vaguely. The rip the ripcord meaning where you take the parachute off and you just have the backup? Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Um, I wasn't sure if that was invented at this point. So, she, yeah, she was the first person to deploy, like, a shoot manually while she's falling from the sky. Basically. Good for her. This um, is good. So, and this demonstrated that pilots could safely escape aircrafts by using a ripcord. So, like, if an airplane is crashing, you freaking haul out and then you... That was me demonstrating what it's like to <laughs> parachute out like of a crashing plane. I, I feel like I've seen it personally. Um, so that's just a side small story. A side story. About, tiny story. A tiny story about Tiny Broadwick. And she died in 1978. So um, another often used falling or skydiving mechanism is the wing suit i feel like we've all seen that people flying with wings okay sydney the first person to do that was a 33 33 year old tailor called franz reckelt and he on february 4th 1912 jumped from the eiffel tower what 1912 Yes, with a combination to test this wingsuit he made from a combination of a parachute and a wing, which is basically the modern wingsuit. Um, so he what? like got the guards off his back by saying he um, was going to use the experiment with a dummy. But he okay. was kind of a dummy because he was like, nah, I'm going to be wearing it. Um, and so then he hesitated before he jumped, but he did jump and literally just died. 
that is not where I thought that story was going. Um, and it says, quote, died when he hit the ground headfirst, opening a measurable hole in the frozen ground. So um, there are many He's people that He's still credited as inventor of the wingsuit. This says uh, an early attempt, which is, I think, what I okay. would also credit it as because... Same, same. I can't say you invented it if it doesn't work. But he his his he was looking at greener pastures, I guess, is what you would say. Um, sure. But obviously parachuting isn't just for fun circus shows. Um, it often it obviously got co-opted by the military. So um, this was used heavily in World War II, but there were some instances that instances of it being used during world war one um Mm -hmm. and the italians and the soviets were the first people to use uh like paratrooping basically what we now know as paratrooping so Mm -hmm. um in 1936 in russia 1200 men in the red army parachuted in a maneuver near kiev to like show off that they can do this now, I guess. And right. um, there were foreign military people there who were like, hmm, I'm impressed. And um, the Russians would refer to these these paratroopers as locust warriors, which is kind of sick. Because um, that's basically what they are. So, but before that, the first operational military parachute jump was made from 1,600 feet um, in 1918 by Italian troops. Um, but it wasn't, like I said, used very much until the paratroopers, I don't know how to pronounce it in Russian or Russian in German, but Nazi paratroopers, they were the first people to do it during World War II. So they launched their first airborne attack in 1938, um, when they captured an airfield in Austria during the Nazi invasion of Austria. And then in the Netherlands, um, they paratrooped in and that was a major way they got to take the Hague um and also they used it in Belgium and got a bunch of bridges because my question was how is this that effective like I've never really thought about that I was like you're like having these people like jump into ground and then they're just kind of there does that seem like an I guess easy that's target? a good point is that like well, so I looked it up people... um, and it's mostly oh, okay, cool. for like getting like strategic obstacles do you know what i mean what does that mean like, like getting so over like like like, like paratrooping or like parachuting in and like getting it like getting hold of a bridge you know what i mean like getting like not like we're gonna assault these people and totally win but like getting strategic advances i guess okay that's how you would say it in military terms that's a very okay. bad way of putting in I'm sorry. My cousin was a paratrooper. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I um, don't know very much about it, but he he was he did that for a while, and he looks um, very Middle Eastern. He's Mexican, I think. He's like mm-hmm. through marriage, so we're not related um, by blood. And now I think he does like private contracts. Paratrooping? Par- parachuting? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we're allowed to know. Oh, okay, that's under wraps. Um. So, 
where was I? <laughs> okay, so the the freaking Nazis. So they're loving parachuting. They're like, this rocks. They tried to do it when they attacked the island of Crete, but they got a little cocky, and they were like, we're going to take over this entire island via paratroopers. It did not work. I just feel like, um, <laughs> wouldn't you just shoot up the sky? What? Wouldn't you just shoot all of the bullets in the I air? I think they're and, thinking like, that it's parachute? like, it's a surprise. Okay. Because you won't see them coming. Because like a plane can just kind of go in. The person just answered it. They flew in before the main assault. Oh. Yeah. Um, there we go. Okay. So, but they suffered heavy casualties and Hitler lost faith in this form of attack. Oh, isn't that sad for oh, you? Oh, so sad. I feel so bad for you, Hitler. Um, and then he did it. But then he was like, just kidding. I love this. And sent them to Russia. Um, oh, no, just kidding. Sorry, I'm not even fully <laughs> comprehending the information. He disbanded the paratroopers, a lot of the paratroopers, and sent them to fight in Russia, which did not go well for the Nazis. Um, but the British and American were kind of later in the game, but they started doing it, and like I said, they did it a lot more strategically. Um, so they would uh, only do it to, like like I say, seize strategic sites like bridges um, and then to hold them until the ground troops can come in. But I read, and I didn't write it down, but I did read that the Soviets, their dream for paratroopers was to also paratroop in tanks. <laughs> like, to, like, I drop feel like I them knew that from for the some sky. Um, and I didn't research that enough, so I'm not sure if that worked out. I want to imagine it probably didn't, but, um, yeah, so that's a little, that's a terrible brief history of paratroopers, but, um, one of, so now we're going to go to another parachuting story, which is one of the most famous ones, which is in 1971, a man named... Dan Cooper hijacked a passenger plane from Oregon to Seattle where he freed the 36 passengers in exchange for $200,000 in cash. And as the nearly empty flight took off again, flying south, he parachuted out of the airplane with the ransom and was never seen again. Have you heard the story? Aren't they making a movie on this? Are they? Or is it the cocaine bear? I think they're making the cocaine bear. They're definitely is... doing cocaine bear, but I thought that this was also maybe not. I don't know. I I vaguely this is somewhere. I, I mean, don't it should know be a movie because it's like a I've... crazy story. But um, I've like heard of it. So the case was only closed recently in 2016. Um, after 45 years, in which there were wow. so many leads that the FBI went after, but. Um, they never were able to find him, which is crazy. So, oh, uh, so they closed the case without actually in 2016. It. They just called yeah. it. So the wow. FBI described uh, the man as a non as nondescript. He appeared to be in his mid forties, um, which today would make him about ninety. So maybe he's still around. Maybe he's not. Um, and as he became widely known in the media. Everyone called him D.B. Cooper. And so, like I said, just in a little more detail, he approached the counter of Northwest Orient Airlines in Oregon on November 24th, 
1971, dressed in a business suit and carrying a briefcase, and he paid cash for a one-way ticket to Flight 305, on Flight 305 to Seattle. Not a very far-off flight, might I add. That's a short flight, yeah. Um, so he ordered a... And this is, like, back in the day where, like, you could literally just carry anything onto an airplane. Like, there's no security. I forget that that was, like, a thing that you were just like, okay, let's go. Um, so he got onto the plane. He ordered a bourbon and soda while waiting for takeoff. And in midair, um, he handed the flight attendant a note saying he had a bomb in his briefcase and showed her a glimpse of wires and red sticks. And so she wrote down his demands, which were four parachutes and $200,000 in $20 bills. And that's it. Told the captain. How much is that? Oh, no, I wrote it down. It's $1.2 million today, which still like doesn't seem like that much. I don't know. That doesn't seem like like enough to like like the risk. Yeah. Yeah. The risk involved that it's like you could get caught and probably like executed. Like I would just be asking for for more. (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, so they landed in Seattle and the passengers were exchanged for the money and parachutes. And so then the flight took off again. So he was in the air and he was like, listen, I have a bomb. And if you land this safely, you guys can take all the passengers off. If in exchange, when we land, I get $200,000 and four parachutes. But how does he know that they don't just land and then arrest him right upon landing? Because he has a bomb. It's a high intensity situation. Okay. I don't know. I mean. I'm following somewhat. Um. So this is a real story. Yes. Um, <laughs> how come so many people know what D.B. Cooper is? Am I it's a very a famous story. Am I um, a DB dingus? And I assumed you wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, man. I just am so out of the loop. So um, he got his demands, and then he ordered okay. them to take off again and said that they to head towards Mexico City um, and to fly no higher than 10,000 feet. So at around 8 p.m., somewhere between Seattle and Reno, he jumped out of the back of the plane in a wooded area with a parachute and the ransom money and disappeared. And Wait, no one sorry. heard from no, him No, you can finish. Nobody heard from him again. Okay. Wait. I, sorry. I'm so confused. So he they land the plane in Seattle. Yes. Right? He gets his shit. Then he demands that they start flying again uh-huh. nobody what about air traffic control aren't they like this flight isn't supposed to take off like i don't well this guy's a, a bomb have you never but seen so like everyone's a just like <laughs> no and so everyone's just like okay the guy has a bomb there's nobody on the plane uh just let him take off this is like the start of be like Mexico's problem this is like the start of like hijacking and no one knew how to deal with it so they were like oh like don't make him blow up this plane like just do what he says but so it's not like i guess why i'm getting stuck is because like at this point more people are involved than just like the flight attendant and the pilot yeah like everybody's kind of in on it and everyone's like okay just let this man do what he wants so he doesn't blow up the plane yeah okay got it wow and it took them 
that happened and they still didn't like implement like TSA or anything. Yeah, well, I believe that there's like a ton of um yeah, sorry. Yes, he was to fly under 10,000 feet. I probably said that wrong cuz I'm insane. Why did um, he want to fly under 10,000? Because he was going to jump out of the plane. Oh. Mm. Okay. Um I'm pretty sure there's like a ton of conspiracy theories about this because it's a little too convenient. I am not well versed in them. But um anyways. So he escapes okay. and was never seen from again. But in 1980, a boy found a rotting package of $20 bills along the Columbia River worth about $5,000 that ran- matched the ransom money's serial numbers. Um, so that's kind of the only trace they've had of this situation. Um, and okay. like I said, this ransom in today's money would be about $1.2 million dollars. Um, the FBI interviewed hundreds of people, tracked leads, and looked into apparently 800 suspects and never came up anything. Undertat is wow. not in radar. Oh, this person's being very helpful. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, I'll say it for the podcast. Under 10,000 feet is not in radar, apparently. So... They found shoes as well. Everyone knows the story way more than I do. Except for me. Everyone knows the story except for me. Um, So there's... Oh, the broken shoe. Was there a broken shoe involved? Um, Yeah, maybe this person that's writing in is D.B. Cooper finally confessing (laughs) from his 90-year-old on Twitch. (laughs) On Twitch. Um, So... Yeah, uh, hijacking was also, like, really big in the 70s. There's a bunch of stories about it. Um, Really? Like I said, why didn't they do anything about it? I think that's when they started to, like, kind of get security, but I'm not that sure. Um, Huh. Interesting. So, okay, that's Stevie Cooper. Like I said, Sydney, in back in the day, 1485 to be specific... Leonardo da Vinci sketched the first blueprint for a parachute. Do we remember this? Leonardo da Vinci. So, um, 515 years later, on 26th of June, 2000, a man made the exact replica of da Vinci's model and had a successful landing. Crazy, right? Wow. His name was Adrian Nicholas. And he made this parachute that weighed 187 pounds and was made of rope, canvas, and wood. Why um, didn't Da Vinci try it out himself? It's not stupid. I think he was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> He's like, this would be cool, but like, I don't know if I want to test it out. Um, and he, okay. Here's the thing I don't understand, and maybe since everyone's very knowledgeable about parachutes in the chat, they can explain this to me. But they said it was a successful flight, but it says that he jumped from 10,000 feet, and at 7,000 feet, he cut away the parachute and used a regular one to complete the journey to the ground. But maybe it's because it lasted those 3,000 feet that he's like, wow, impressive. Like I didn't just free fall to my death. Yeah. Um, interesting do you know what's funny is i can like visualize it only because of that movie ever after did you ever watch that i think that's the best cinderella movie (gasps) with drew barrymore 
Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I have not. I want seen some that. more Drew Barry. Drew Barrymore. Uh, you have it. It's so good. No. Oh, I think is the opposite Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Ever after. It's called Ever After. And um, what's her name? Oh my gosh. Um, I see her face is the wicked stepmother and um Angelica Houston. Oh my god, that's good casting. She's the voice. Oh no, it's in Doug Dispatch. Okay, I think I knew that. It's Doug Gray Scott who has some like Antonio Banderas vibes. Um but yeah, Drew Barrymore is Danielle, who is the the Cinderella. Oh my gosh, everybody needs to watch this movie. This movie is so fucking good. Oh. Maybe I'll watch this movie tonight. It's wow, so I've never good. Heard of this movie. My mom always used to watch it. Aww. It's from ninety-eight. It was recognized with the American Film Institute in the list 2002 list afi's 100 years a thousand passions 100 passions excuse me i don't know what that list means but i'm glad (laughs) that it made it (laughs) um okay so this guy he tested it um and then just to show how dangerous this profession of passionate parachuting is um Five years later, in 2005, he was jumping in the Netherlands, and he did this sketchy maneuver and uh, was killed. So it is risky. <laughs> to say yeah, I remember on TikTok, there was like something went viral, and it was this guy who's was parachuting with his, like he was skydiving with his... Um, his friend and his friend's parachute failed and he just had to like watch his friend like smash into the ground oh my god it went super viral i can't really remember the the logistics or whatever but it was really sad and i feel like because of red bull i'm like some i mean apparently i'm not as well versed as i thought i was but i was like somewhat well versed about it just because you heard about it a lot because of the um the wingsuits red bull had like a wing team and so we would get like i don't know a lot of videos of the wing team doing stuff um well not that many people die from parachuting which is nice Woo, that's great some people still do i mean it's a unfortunately endeavor but uh this is coming from the united states parachuting association and it said in 2020 participants made 2.8 2.8 million jumps um and there's only 11 fatal accidents so wow that's a, a good ratio of 0.39 fatalities per 100,000 jumps so what is like car accidents at probably like i think it's really high we talked about this last week didn't we maybe a couple weeks ago but i'm sh- i'm curious how high it is per did you say a hundred thousand jumps yeah um ooh, in california in 2019 per a hundred thousand it's nine percent not sorry not nine percent oh my god that's bad no nine out of a hundred thousand or sorry nine out of a hundred thousand people okay and this one was 11 out of a hundred thousand this is point or eleven out of two point two two. No, this is point three out of a hundred thousand. 
So you're way more oh, likely okay. to die in a car accident than in than in the sky. So everyone should go to skydiving, I guess. Um, all right, that should be our main mode of transportation. Uh, just like, all right, lunchtime, got to jump in. <laughs> um, so my question mostly that I was left with in this deep dive was, I think we mentioned this before, do a lot of people die of heart attacks when skydiving? Because like, <laughs> I feel like that would happen, right? And it does happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. This is from, oh my God, did I never have done the date? I think it was from 2019. Um, <gasps> it was kind of recently. So this guy who was a, a soldier named Daniel Farr was tied to a skydiving veteran when uh, the veteran stopped talking as the hurdle, as the pair hurtled towards the ground over South Carolina. So they had jumped from 1,300 feet. And the guy, Daniel, who is a soldier, was strapped to the instructor because this was literally just a Christmas present. It's basically like you, like what if what you were going to do. <laughs> yeah. So his girlfriend gave him a skydiving experience as a Christmas okay. present. Um, but since he was a military guy, he jumped into action as this is happening. So basically... Um, after they had jumped and they did free fall, the instructor pulled the chute and it got super quiet. And the soldier, whose name is Daniel, was like, Daniel said, it got super quiet. It's eerily quiet up there. I made a comment to the instructor saying, it's surprising how quiet it is. And he's like, welcome to my world. And then a few seconds passed and Daniel said, the instructor, he asked the instructor another question, and the instructor was silent. And so it took him a few seconds, but then he realized that something went terribly was, wrong. Yeah. And so he was like, holy shit, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And so um, he, the parachute had already been deployed, so he had to steer the pair down to the ground. And he had never been skydiving before, so he had no idea what he was doing. But he said his military training and through watching TV, he was like, I think I can got this. I think I got this. So he um, was able to avoid houses and trees and landed safely in a field about a third of a mile from the intended landing spot. Wow. Um, and he got him him and his instructor out of the harness and started an emergency treatment. Um, and Oh, yeah, because he it's not like he just passed out. He, like, had a heart yeah, attack. But it's believed that he suffered a heart attack and he later passed away. Um and so all the people at this skydiving place were, like, super impressed because if he would have, like, pulled everything too hard, which apparently, like, people that aren't familiar, like, they're not – they think you have to be really intense about it, but you have to be very delicate um, because if you pull it too hard, you would have spun out of control and probably not landed safely. And he also maybe wow. would have died. So he – survived which was a crazy story um that is a crazy story oh my gosh um and so the last little ditty i'll tell you Ooh, there's is more. a red bull affiliate story oh. which was i think you probably know this but in 2012 a 43 oh, yeah. year old austrian skydiver felix Baumgartner gartner successfully jumped from 39 kilometers 
which was literally jumping from the edge of space. Um, and so he was the first person to break the sound barrier without um, any vehicular power, and he, it was broadcasted. And he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, mm-hmm. And that video is crazy on YouTube. You should, if you haven't it's seen crazy. it, you watch it. It's crazy. I have absolutely watched it. I like Everybody love watching watch Skydive. I wonder videos. if we can pull it, pull it up. Yeah, can you? You probably can. Um, it, but that's a yeah, it is rambling crazy. history of skydiving. Yeah, no, I like it. Thank you. You're the Felix's uh, suit is at Red Bull RB, at Red Bull headquarters. That makes sense. Um, I'm sure that's a big source of pride. Felix, for Red Bull jump. Oh, it's like 20 minutes. I wonder. Is there a condensed mission version? highlights? Yeah, let me just pull this up for you guys. Uh, window capture. Let's see. That's crazy, though. I feel like I am somewhat of a thrill seeker. I think as I've gotten older, the less I am. You know, like, I think I've just kind of gotten like, okay, like, you know, I want to live to see another day. Um... But I don't think this ever would have sounded appealing to me. No, not really. You know, but I wonder like, if it's it just so doesn't... abstract. Like the idea of jumping from space is like such an unreal idea that your body kind of like blocks it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like when I was watching that. I was like, I and the part where he like looks down. <laughs> it's literally Earth. You can, like, see I could not imagine. I just yeah. can't imagine. I feel like I, yeah, this just doesn't sound fun to me. They're like, woohoo, don't die. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how they, like, practiced for this. I think I you read know? that he would, like, get flown as high as they could, like, regularly, and then he had yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, just like increasing it slowly until like that just doesn't look that looks the opposite of fun to me oh my god that's so scary that literally looks the opposite (laughs) of fun to me he's just like looking out of this thing and can see like the earth the curvature of the earth and like no like i feel sick watching him jump Like, can you imagine all those people in, like, mission control are just like, please don't die. Like, Please don't die. And there's a part of it. Well, I mean, we'll see. But he starts spinning really fast and everyone gets really pant. Or I guess they don't show it. I watched the entire thing. That's not a highlight, Katie. Yeah, they're like, we're That's not going to scary. Address Let's this see. This one's longer. Real Stratos. This is weird. Fun fact, I used to manage this YouTube channel. <laughs> What's the password? <laughs> right? Let's see. So we're watching the um, the Red Bull Stratos world record free fall. So that means they would have had to have a Guinness Book of World Records um, representative to make on sure site. the feat is happening. Yeah, I want that's that not just an elaborate to be ruse. Really like, like person who has no sense of fun, and they're like, oh, it wasn't <laughs> actually the edge of space. Yeah. Wait, that's cute. Look, so this guy in the video that we're watching, Joe Kittinger, who's the this guy's mentor, Felix Baumgartner's mentor, was the current record holder. That's kind of, I don't know, that's like cute to me, like the passing of the baton. Of jumping from the sky. 
Yeah. I'm sure it's like a small circle of people who are doing this, right? So I feel like... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that makes sense to me. I can't imagine. How long is this? Four minutes. Okay, well, let's just like get to it. They release. I like all the fist pumping. Like I get it. I would be so excited, but I just think it's really funny when that people's like reaction towards things is like, <laughs> like I hope this guy doesn't die right now. Like the like yeah is just like so funny to me. <laughs> Cattail. Ernie, come here. He's being very. Um. There is this video that I did with IGN oh where, hello, Ernie. Ernie. Oh my gosh. Hi, Ernie. Come here. If you're watching Excuse on Twitch or YouTube, uh, we have an Ernie sighting. Hello, little prince. Oh, he just said hello. Thank you. What a handsome My man. Is very intense in here right now. Um, but yeah, I feel like. I did this video for IGN where we like surprised basically these fans of this video game that they had been waiting to come out for 10 years. You could wait in line to um, play the demo and people were waiting in line for like six hours oh and um, or even longer than that. Like it was the whole day that the convention was open. And so we basically took some people from the end of the line and took them to the front to play. Mm -hmm. And I got to do the video and I got to tell them that um that they get to play and there was one guy and it's so cute he like literally fist bumps and jumps in the air when i tell them he's like yeah Aww. and it's just like the most like wholesome thing Aww. wow i told like, you one of my most repressed memories is when i fist pumped this guy when i was at benihana and they did the volcano and I was like, this is the most cringy thing I've ever done. And I was like six years old. And I was like, it's the volcano. Like, who does that? <laughs> Even when I was like six years old, I was like, that was weird and lame. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wonder how long he was in the sky. Bumgarter. I don't know. I think it was like. Like, how long is that jump? It's probably not that long, right? Like three minutes. Look at that. All that Red Bull branding everywhere. Look at it. I bet he... I wonder how much this cost. Probably a lot of money, right? Getting a better earning angle. Probably a better earning angle. Wait, okay, let's see. How much did... How much did Red Bull Stratos cost? Oh my god, he's fighting me. $30 million? Well, wait. So there's two articles. That's so Red much Red Bull money. invests $65 million on Space Jump as more than $8 million watch on YouTube. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, they invested $64.8 in the event. They staged the event, used its production company, Red Bull Media House, its TV channel, Service TV. Um, Does Red Bull have that much money? Yeah, it's Red Bull's crazy is it from the drink like they just make so much money selling the drink i mean i know that media house definitely wasn't funded from media when i was there it was drink sales oh. um but yeah i think that dietrich who's like the owner also i don't know what his deal is dietrich what's his name dm 
we'll just put Red Bull. It'll come up. Um, he, oh my gosh, his estimated net worth in as of this month is twenty five point four billion. Oh my god, that's crazy. I want to know how did he? Did he come from money? He's an interesting dude. I mean, say what you will about about Red Bull, but like they have this thing called Wings for Life that supports spinal cord research. Um and they like, I don't know, you know. I worked there. I feel like I can't say it that much. He's never married and has a son. Okay. But he's like oh, he's a thrill seeker. Alive. Yeah, yeah, DM's still alive. He's seventy seven. Wow. Keep going, bud. He was born in Nazi Germany. Wow. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they spent a ton of money on this. And they they have the suit in Santa Monica at the uh one of the Red Bull offices. Crazy. I don't I don't know why Santa Monica got uh got it because there's yeah. tons of Red Bull things. But Red Bulls are really maybe I'll do Red Bull as a topic. It's a really interesting company. Yeah, you should. I um, love to learn more. Yeah, in terms of like all where they have they have their hands like everywhere. They've got Red their Bulls hands everywhere. in every pot. Red Bull is everywhere. I have a Red Bull fridge right here. Actually, you've seen it, but. Mm -hmm. It's a huge honor, except it doesn't match my decor at all, and I have no use for it. But I can't get rid of it because it just feels like. But you have a bunch I of Red Bull in there, don't you? Don't you have cans in there? I have some cans. I have like limited edition cans that I keep, yeah. but I don't personally drink Red Bull, and so it's not stocked. Alex has a fridge too. Wow. Dual fridging. Yeah, I used to be on the list, but the person that uh, that I knew left so i'm not on the list anymore but where you get regular red bull deliveries oh my god to keep your fridge full yeah That's crazy. but i'm kind of glad that i'm not on the list anymore because like i don't drink it so i, was, I would always just like give it away it was a little bit of a hassle yeah. you know because i like felt really bad because it's like oh this is so nice that you're sending it to me but i never wanted to say no because it also was nice to have red bull around when we had people over but um yeah red bull rbmh well rbnn rbmna but yeah absolutely jazzed <laughs> Felix Bumgarner. I wonder what he's doing now. Like, how much money did he make from this junk? Probably do you just so like go money. to like? Do you just go to your job after this? No, I think do you know his what I mean. Like, what's his day job? Uh, skydiver. He's fifty-two. Wow, crazy. He is an Austrian skydiver, daredevil, and base jumper. Wow. But like, how do you make money from that? I have no idea. Like, I don't. Does not compute. I'm probably Whoa. just sponsorships, right? Like, not. Yeah. I, I mean, this is just Wikipedia, so I don't know how much we can trust it. But it says that. Um. Okay, so here's his personal life seems to be kind of like, oh, so in October 2012, when asked in an interview with the Austrian newspaper, Klein Zeitung, uh, whether a political career was an option for his future life, why would he be a politician? He stated that, quote, the example of Arnold Schwarzenegger showed that you can't move anything in democracy and that he would opt for a moderate dictatorship led by experienced personalities coming from the private sector of the economy. He finally stated that he didn't want to get involved in politics. <laughs> yeah, maybe and you then... should get involved in politics <laughs> if that's your st stance. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then in November of the same year, he was convicted of battery and fined 1,500 euro after slapping the face of a Greek truck driver following a petty argument between the two men. Um, in January 2016, he provoked a stir of critical news coverage in his home country after posting several critical remarks against refugees and recommending the Hungarian prime minister um, for the Nobel Peace Prize. Later on, he endorsed the presidential candidate of the right-wing populist uh, Freedom Party of Austria, no Norbert Hofer. Um, and on July 2016, Facebook deleted his fan page of 1.5 million fans. Baumgartner subsequently claimed he must have become too uncomfortable for political elites. After Austrian authorities refused to grant sports tax breaks to Baumgartner, he moved to Switzerland, where his house in Salzburg and his helicopter were seized. Wait, why? What did he do? Just like was... I mean, I think he wasn't paying taxes. Oh. There was like a tax I thing. I can't read. Statements. I was like, oh. Oh no no no! I can't read a lot of these uh, source pieces because they're in. They're in German. Oh, wow. Um, or Austrian. I don't. I'm gonna sound really dumb. Is Austrian a language? <laughs> yes. Cut that out. No wait, I actually don't think it is. <laughs> I think it's they just speak German. Oh, that was so stupid. I've even been to Austria, and I don't. I've been to Austria too, but I just know that there's so many Germans in Red in the Red Bull company that like. I wasn't sure. We'll just pretend neither. That's not our topic this week. Shut up. <laughs> um, interesting. This guy's interesting, huh? Maybe I'll do him as a topic. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Learning the stuff. Thanks everyone thanks for, for learning. giving me your expert advice when I was not <laughs> unclear <laughs> um, uh, don't forget everybody live episodes on Tuesdays on my Twitch channel twitch.tv slash so good or you can watch the VODs or listen to the audio as you are right now probably um, on our YouTube channel uh, or all of your podcast any of the podcast uh, places so shut up keep going is our YouTube channel and our Instagram which is where our um What's that called? What's that called, Kate? Image Guide lives. Uh, so we'll see you all next time. Thank Bye -bye. you, everyone. Bye.